Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 191. I finally sorted out the issue with the Destiny Expansion Pass, and now have the Dark Below activated. And I've been playing that ever since that happened, so I have that to talk about. There's not much there, so this will probably be a short podcast. But I will talk about my thoughts about it, and my thoughts about how this DLC compares to sort of a more traditional MMO expansion. And hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. So not directly related to the Destiny Dark expansion content, but as part of the Digital Guardian purchase, I was supposed to get all of this pre-order stuff and have the expansion pass already on the account and everything. I have never received any of the pre-order stuff. I don't know what's up with that. And as part of that, I was very afraid I wouldn't get the expansion content, and as I mentioned before, I was correct, it was not automatically sent to me. After about three days of looking around after the launch of the expansion, I found an article mentioned that if this was the case, you could go into, there's this library tab on the PlayStation 4, and you go to the game, and then I guess there's extra content attached to it. And in this case, I had to, I did this on my PC because my PlayStation 4 usually can't connect to the store from the place I play from, I would guess due to lack of bandwidth. But I found a spot in the PlayStation Store where it had the expansion content sold separately, and so I clicked that, and it said, you know, buy now, and then I clicked that, but since I already own it, it said, you know, it's free for me. But that was able to put it into sort of my licenses, I guess they call it. And then when I refreshed the licenses on the PlayStation 4, it then unlocked the content. Now, I'm hoping this was just a stupid glitch with the store, because it seems really incredibly dumb to me to say, hey, you get this free stuff with this kind of digital purchase, and then not activate the licenses so people automatically get them. That seems just insane. I've never had that happen before where I got free stuff and I had to go tell, you know, the game that I had the stuff. I've never seen that happen. So hopefully that will not ever happen to me in the future and it won't ever happen to any of my listeners, the few of you that there are. But if it does um, and, and refreshing your licenses doesn't work, It could be because it didn't correctly attach the license it was supposed to, and you might want to try something like that as a workaround. All of that being said, I suppose I would talk about the Dark Below expansion itself in terms of what content there is and how you feel about the content, and then talk about sort of the expansion slash cost slash MMO comparisons sort of after that. 
the Dark Below content is very cool. There is really not a whole lot of it, though. There are three quests that a new quest giver gives you. She appears in the tower, and she's kind of easy to spot. She's sort of over to the side of the main area, and she's got her ship tethered to sort of the side of that docking area. So it's really easy to spot where she is. The first quest sort of sends you to an area that is, I guess you could say, already existed. It's pretty much in an area that you may have traveled through before if you explore Cosmodrome and you went down into sort of the tunnel areas. It's kind of down in one of those tunnel areas. The quest itself, though, does have some cool new mechanics. I won't spoil anything, but I did like how the fight went. It was quite challenging. But like I said, it wasn't a new area, and it wasn't really doing anything new in terms of introducing new bad guys or a new race or anything. These are just Hive. You've seen them before. They fight, you know, the same as you would expect, you know, that particular type of Hive to fight. So nothing really new there. The second quest does take you to a new area. Again, you might have found this if you were exploring all the sort of areas that were sort of more hidden in the game. This one takes you to where the boats are. I don't know the official name of it. But in one of the boats, you could go down and you you would discover this sort of large locked door right next to sort of another door. And this second quest sort of takes you into that area behind the door. And all of that area is new. And in the third quest, it's sort of... I would say one-third old content area, but it runs you through it backwards. So I don't know how many people will be um, tricked by that, but it is not entirely a new area. But about two-thirds of the area is completely new, so that was cool to see. I was really impressed with how the fights flowed and the design of the new areas in the second and third quests. They flowed really well. I really liked sort of how it felt in terms of how you were traveling through it and how it felt in terms of, you know, the typical, this is a spot in an arena where, you know, a bunch of guys are going to charge you and here's some cover you can hide behind over here and here's some cover over here. And how, you know, the the map sort of influenced you towards one particular fighting style or one sort of defensive style depending on you know what the waves of bad guys were doing those were actually really cool and i think they are probably some of the best designed sort of story mode quests in destiny so far however again in terms of introducing new stuff really only one mechanic is introduced which is new and it's possible even something similar does already exist in the raids and i just haven't seen it because I still haven't really done the raids. But basically, it introduces sort of an area damage field that you want to avoid. Not a really new mechanic for MMO players, but I don't think many shooters have used this sort of mechanic. But it was pretty cool to see that the longer that particular fight goes on, the more dangerous it becomes, because the more of those fields there will be, you know, sort of changing the landscape of that particular arena fight. After that, you have, I believe it is three or possibly four 
sort of bounty-style quests. These take place in existing areas, but those existing areas have kind of minor changes. There will be one particular bad guy you want to seek out and fight, and there's one area where you went in, and it would usually be unspawned, but now, since their Dark Blow release, it's pretty much always full of bad guys, and so it's a little bit more dangerous to go through that area. But overall, after you finish those first three quests, pretty much all of the open bounty stuff is similar stuff to stuff you've already done. It's like, go kill this particular guy, or go kill so many of these guys. And it's really just kind of same stuff, but, you know, different bad guys or different locations. But those are locations you're already familiar with. So in that sense, the new content is kind of disappointing. You can pretty much do all three of the new story quests and then all of those three or four bounties, I think it is, in basically four hours' time. After that, you're pretty much presented with doing those same bounty-type quests over and over in sort of a repetitive faction grind kind of way. That being said, it's not a particularly bad expansion, but this is sort of where I get into the comparison of is this an expansion in the sense that traditional MMO expansions take place? And I would say no, and that's part of why I feel it's kind of disappointing, because I kind of expected it to be like that. But I heard some other podcasters talking about it, and they said in terms of a traditional MMO, this is more like the stuff you would get for free while you're paying your monthly subscription. So in the time that I've been playing the Dark Blow, probably, I guess, about a week now, I've been thinking about that statement more and more. And I think I would agree. If you think about it like two or three months subscription, it's, it's kind of cheaper than that because if you get the content by itself, it's 20 bucks, And it, it took them three months since launch, so that would pretty much be 7 bucks a month, which is cheaper than most MMO subscriptions. But if you think about it like that, I would say, sure, this is absolutely fair. You get those three new quests. You get some new bounty type stuff. There is, I think, one new strike, two if you're on PlayStation, and then there's one new raid. So there wasn't a whole lot new added. And if you're like me and you're not doing raids because you don't know enough people, you know, there's even less content for you to see. There's a little bit of new equipment. I think I've seen two new drops and some new stuff on the class vendors, which you can just buy whenever. But that's really all I've seen that is new. So I would say it's an odd kind of comparison. With a traditional sort of single-player shooter, you're really not used to seeing this kind of content with an expansion. Usually with an expansion, you're typically going to see five or so, maybe more hours of play, and you'll get, you know, a very deep story, and you'll get a lot of new areas, and you'll get a lot of new content. And so that's kind of what I was expecting. And like I said, it didn't happen that way. It happened more like a traditional MMO's just, you know, free content over X amount of months. So I think people are going to have some weird comparisons because Destiny 
kind of isn't really a traditional shooter in the sense that they are mixing in these MMO-type elements. And while there isn't a monthly subscription, if you say expansion to an MMO player, they're going to expect a whole lot of new content, a whole lot of new story quests, a bunch of new, you know, dungeons, typically, and, you know, a ton of new content. Whereas for Destiny, it really didn't add all that much. There's some new content, but like I said, it'll take you less than half a dozen hours to get through it. It's it's really quick. Unless you're talking about raiding, in which case you're talking about, you know, the typical MMO grind for gear, plus a bunch of faction, plus a bunch of tokens that you need to buy or upgrade the gear. So I think the Dark Below is a cool expansion. And granted, you know, they didn't actually call it an expansion, they just called it downloadable content, I believe. And I don't know if they actually called it an expansion or not, but if they did, that might be kind of a mistake, because I think people are going to expect quite a bit more out of it. And like I said, this is much closer to something you get for free with an MMO monthly subscription. I would say, though, that Bungie really, really has to look out in terms of the future, because I think this isn't going to get them a whole lot of better reviews. And a lot of the people were saying there's not enough story, there's not enough content, there's too much grinding. And so a lot of people initially were expecting a more traditional single-player kind of experience from Bungie. And Bungie has certainly gone very heavy on the sort of MMO aspects of here's the start of a game, we're going to expand it over many years. But the problem is that people just aren't seeing the story and it's not that interesting to them, and a lot of them don't expect the MMO grind elements. So I think Bungie might be in quite a bit of a trouble if they don't get a lot of that content in before, I don't know, whatever the next big thing is. Many people are saying Destiny 2, which would be, you know, another full release, um, you know, $60 box game. It's originally set for like two years after Destiny's launch, so... That's still, you know, more than one and a half years from now, so quite a ways away. But if the second expansion does not impress people, then I really think they're going to have a very, very hard time convincing people to continue buying into Destiny, because I think a lot of people just aren't seeing what they were expecting from Bungie. So I guess um, my final review would be, if you've played Destiny quite a bit and enjoy it, I checked my stats the other day, and I was almost at 10 played days. So for me, I've played Destiny quite a bit. It's probably not among my top five most played games, but it would be very close. I know for sure there's about three MMOs that I've played more than 10 played days, but outside of those, I think most of them are five to 10 played days. So it could be in the top five for me in terms of playtime, which is really amazing for a shooter, especially one that, you know, you finish the main content in like 15 hours for. So for me, you know, it's very definitely worth it. I play probably 15 to 20 hours a week. I would probably play a bit more, you know, if I weren't homeless and didn't have a sad life. You know, I'd just be able to walk over to my console and play wherever. There would probably be, you know, half a dozen or more hours during the week, I would probably 
jump on and play. But if you're somebody who plays it very casually, especially if you don't know anybody who is playing, you know, with you and you're not, you know, doing raids regularly, I don't know that it would be really worth kind of jumping in right away. You might want to wait a bit and see, you know, if the price drops a little bit. Because just the other day I saw Destiny on sale for half off, so, you know, it's entirely possible you could see this downloadable content go for those kind of similar sales very quickly, especially if the adoption rate is pretty low. So if you're just kind of meh about Destiny, I would say it's cool content, but it's not really going to thrill you. If you kind of stopped playing Destiny and you're not really interested, it's probably not going to entice you back to pick it up and start playing again because there's not a whole lot new. So I suppose the final judgment will have to be made by you. Because I know for me, it's it's pretty worth it. I play it quite a bit. But again, you know, I am kind of disappointed in how little there was that was new and how they didn't quite catch up on the things that were behind at launch. So I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit Swamblings podcast. There's no news I can think of, so nothing to look out for that I know of. Not for a while, anyways. I guess Christmas time is coming up between now and next podcast. So hopefully everybody who is a listener will have a good Christmas time. I probably will not do anything special you know, in terms of releasing early or anything for Christmas. Is there probably won't be a whole lot going on for me. Probably just be a regular podcast time. But again, um, hopefully everybody out there will have a good time and have interesting and cool stuff going on. And your lives will be much more interesting than mine. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. At Christmas time, we let in You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbit's ramblings dot html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. 
If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.